At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Monday, April 10th, 2023. And if you look back at how the stock market has behaved and performed over the past year or so, it should be obvious that investors need to be able to adjust to the current market conditions. You've got to be understand what the, the current economic, geopolitical variables are doing to the stock market. You have to be aware of it. I'm Steve Peasley, and I, ha- I am here today on this radio program and podcast to help you make the most of your, all your portfolio strategy and decisions. In fact, I do look forward to doing this show, and I'm glad to be able to be here. So, for those who are new to Investor, new listeners, uh, let me assure you that uh, we have no biases here. We are always pretty careful about giving you straight and unbiased answers. We don't have any hidden agenda. I don't owe anybody. We don't owe anybody anything. We just want to give you the facts as we see them. Okay? We 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 get we we have a bunch of software in front of us we look at when you call up and ask us about anything. Okay? So, um, of course, you know, the market itself for the last last year and so far this year, it's just not acting very well. Now, it's a little bit better this year than it was last year, but it still is not acting very well because of the, if you look back over the last decade or two, the market was always marching up. What has been the big change last year and so far this year? What has been the big change? Interest rates, the Federal Reserve move on interest rates. That's the big change, right? And that ripples through everything else in the economy, and that ripples through the stock market. That's the only big change there's been. Really, right? The interest rate environment. Before that, for 10, 20 plus years, interest rates just did nothing but go down. Went down. So now we're dealing with interest rates rising, which produced inflation. A lot of inflation. Spending by the federal government, you know, the COVID spending. I'm not putting a judgment on whether it was needed or not needed at this point. But it caused inflation, and now the, word, the Federal Reserve is trying to fight that inflation, and that's what we're dealing with. That's the change. Now, things will change again. It's not going to stay the same. It just doesn't. It's always changing. But that's the background you're dealing with, and that makes for a tougher stock market investment environment. It's that simple. Yeah. It gets complex, of course. There's a lot more variables, and there are certain certain areas of the market that do better than other areas of market. And we've talked about that pretty ad nauseum, and we'll continue to talk about it. Okay, so this is all. This show is a call-in show, and it's all about answering your question, trying to make you a more successful investor. That's what our goal is here. 
And you do that by calling us. 888-99-CHART is our number. 888-992-4278. And I got a lot of material to cover on this podcast. My focus point looks into the story behind which stocks perform best in first quarter of this year. Which stocks perform best? Hmm? Of the 844 U.S.-listed stocks covered by Morningstar analysts, 525 rose, 319 fell. Does this knowledge give us any clues for today's investing environment, what you should now, what you should do now? We're going to talk about that. Time permitting, I also want to talk about the economic numbers, jobs report that we came out last Friday. Because, you know, the market was closed Friday and, you know, so... But the numbers came out. We'll talk about that. Um, and there's a survey. Public, The public expect higher inflation over the next few years. Higher inflation. Not higher than necessarily right now, but higher in general than it has been in the past. They expect it. Okay. Are we looking at recession in the coming months? There are certain experts that think we are and some that think we're not. We're going to explore that issue, too. Those are things we're going to talk about. And a whole, on a time permitting, I'm hoping to get to some voice bank questions today. Value stocks, question about value stocks uh, on uh, PAM transportation services. And, of course, iTunes review questions we're hopefully get to. There's lots of things we're going to get to. So I've got a pretty full plate, everybody. But your calls are always first. They always drive the show in the direction you want to go. So you're first. Again, the number is 888-99-CHART. We're live right now. You can call. So the market was mixed. The Dow was up 101 points. The NASDAQ was down four. And the SP was up four. So it was a mixed market, nothing major going on. It started off weak, you know, this morning, started off weak. Can you surmise why? Well, I think that's going to be a topic that I'm going to discuss in the jobs report. I think that's why. I think the numbers in the jobs report is why. But we'll, we'll discuss it. You can have your own opinion. I'll be happy to put it on the air. I don't have a problem with that. First, let's go ahead and go to the first caller of the day, Alan in Dallas. Hi, Alan. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I thank you for the call. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I appreciate your your helping me out. I, I'm I'm looking at Sunico S U N, and it it looks good to me. But I, I would really like to hear your take. And there is one odd thing about it. It's it's a it's a unit trust fund. Um, but anyway, I'd like to hear your take. Okay, Sunoco issue, uh, the symbol is S-U-N, a wholesale right. distributor of motor fuels, merchandise, and food service to 78 stores, $4.4 billion company. Um, they're going to make $4.44 this year, 2023. They made four sixty-eight last year, five twenty-eight the year before, So, and next year is three seventy-five. So their earnings are going down, but sales are rising. So I'm, I'm, that'd be the first thing I want to know is what's going on there. has a very nice dividend yield of 7.5%. It's a fairly low-priced stock, $43.94. Uh, but again, the earnings are going down. It's going to be $3.75 next year. So you're talking about, what, 11, 12 PE, but the range is 4 to 34, so it's still kind of on the low end of the range. Return of equity is very good at 54%. That's very good. They have a lot of debt. 
this is where you mm. probably want to know why do they have so much debt? It seems to be abnormally high, and that's probably what's holding the stock back is that debt. I mean, why do you have such a high okay. debt and yet you're paying a seven and a half percent dividend yield? I mean, right. that worries me. So that's why I would look at Alan the debt level and why. Maybe they bought something that's going to be very positive for them in the future. It's not necessarily bad news. You just want to know why they have it. Okay, that would be my my take on the stock. I kind of like it long term, but that debt issue, I need to know that before I would go any further. We're going to do a quick break, everybody. Please remember that you can call anytime, anytime, with questions, anytime it comes to your mind. We're, the voice bank is always open, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can call now. We're live, 888-99-CHART. Thank you, and I hope to be the 50 millionth download of your incredible show. It is official. As of February 21st, an exciting new InvestTalk milestone was achieved. The InvestTalk podcast exceeded 50 million downloads. How do you guys determine a value stock? 50 million. Just wanted to get your opinion on JP Morgan and BAC. Hey guys, this is Josh from South Carolina. I'm a longtime listener. 24 7, rain or shine, on tough market days or during brighter moments. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to answer your questions. Our now preferred share is kind of a hybrid asset. It's part of the capital structure. You want to buy this what's on sale, and when it gets on sale, it's about $16 a share. $50 million. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Will in San Diego. I grew up in San Diego. Will, how you doing? Oh, pretty good, Steve. Yes, I used to attend your seminars down here in La Jolla way back when. Oh, yeah, that was great. We loved yeah. Did you? Was it with Jerry Klein then? That's right. He was yeah, there. Jerry. Jerry was a good guy. I miss him. He yeah. certainly was. Do so you want to talk about NTR? NTR, yeah. And I'm wondering if this is a good entry point. I'm considering purchasing some shares. Okay, well, let's take a look at the chart and see what we got here. Actually, it looks like a lot of support here in the $70 area. A lot. Uh, okay. Yeah, I kind of like it at the 70. If it can hold it, I mean, if it drops below 65, you're in big trouble. I don't know where it's going. But for the since since two since June of 2022, it has gone to $70 a share three or four times. And this is the fifth time. And it bounces. It doesn't it seems like it wants to hold up right at this level. And then it has a trouble getting above the low 80s, 83, 84, has trouble getting above that. So there's there's your range. So I think it's a it's a pretty good buy point. So for everybody else, nutrient, symbol is NTR, manufactures fertilizer-related industrial and feed products in the U.S., Canada, and Trinidad. Uh, they announced uh, just um, a couple months ago they're going to repurchase up to 5% of their common shares. 
So that was really helpful on their earnings per share. They're going to make $8.09 next year. It's a $71 stock. So that's what? A 9.10 PE. This year they're going to make $9.22. Last year is where they made big bucks, $13.19. But that was abnormal. More normal is this $8, $9 area. And so therefore they pay a 3% dividend. Return equity is very good at 29%. Cash flow is $16, almost $17 a share. That's huge. That's very good for this company. And um, I, I, not much debt. They don't have a lot of debt. So I, I kind of I like it, and I think it's a good price to buy it right here. Walt, appreciate the call. Thank you. I mean, Will, appreciate the call. My focus point looks into the story behind the question, which stocks perform best in quarter one of 2023? Which stocks performed best? What area? And as I said at the opening of the show, there's 844 stocks listed, the stocks that the Morningstar analysts follow, and 525 rose, 319 of them fell. And does that help us? Does that help you? Let's take a look at these things. Best performing stocks at Q3. Okay, I'll just, I'll, I'll, first I'll just give you the list. So you, you know, then we'll go into more details. Uh, Fastly, Coinbase Global, NVIDIA, Meta Platforms, Iveco, Spotify, Rolls-Royce, Tesla, C, Ruco, Marriott Genetics, Warren Brothers, you know, Seagram's. Okay, those are the ones. So what area of the market? Well, technology performed very well the first quarter. Why? Well, because they did so lousy last year. They did terrible last year. Terrible. And you have to remember, when you're looking at stocks and you're looking at you know a sector of stocks and, and they've done really, really well or have done really, really bad, there's a reason for it, and it usually will change direction. So if stocks got really beat up one year, you got to find out why, but that doesn't mean you don't invest in them this year because they got beat up last year. There may be some great bargains in there. Same thing is true. If the stocks have performed really good, why are you chasing them if you still want to buy them? You know, you got to be careful. doesn't mean you never buy them, you never chase them. It just means that they've already risen. You don't put in your head, well, if they've risen so far really well, then they're probably going to continue to go up. Not necessarily. And that's why I keep harping on, look at the economics. Look at what, what's driving these things, okay? So why did the growth stocks do so poorly last year? And it's pretty easy, inflation and interest rates. Why did they do better this first quarter? Because I think the Fed, they, meaning the investors, think the Fed might be getting close to being done raising interest rates, and they might turn interest rates down. The next move might be down, set up. They could be wrong. The investors could be wrong, but that's how they feel about it because the Fed has risen the interest rate so much. See, so you got to, re- and why would the Fed keep raising or, or start to turn around? Are we going into recession? Are we still dealing with a lot of inflation? That's why. We are moving to a break. I'm ready for your questions. 888 99Chart. You've got finance and investment questions. 
and Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready with their unbiased answers. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Justin from San Antonio. Had a question about PTSI, PAM, Transportation Services. I have a small position. Just curious your thoughts on the company. If these headwinds short-term would affect long-term investments in the company and what you think a good entry and exit point would be. Thank you very much. And I look forward to hearing your response. I kind of like the company. It's small. It's only a $616 million company. But I do like the fact that it does about $800 million in sales a year, and it's only a $616 million company. So price to sales is a pretty good it's a pretty good indicator, which we don't talk a lot about, but it's the stock's price is $27.78. But the price to sales ratio is very good. Uh, they're going to make they, – okay, you got to go back to 2022. A lot of years, that's the best – you're coming out of the COVID. So a lot of stocks and companies had the, one of their best years as we roar out of that COVID period. They made $4.54 a share that year. This year, they're going to make three ten, and next year, three fifty five. Remember, it's a twenty seven dollar stock. Okay, so it's what an eight, uh, nine PE ish, nine PE, and the five year range is five to thirty five. Remember, you always look forward. Forward. If you look backwards, you're looking in a rear view mirror, and you that's already happened. That that's already in my the market. We want to look forward. They have extremely strong cash flow, seven dollars and fifty seven cents a share. And a strong, really strong return of equity of 41%. And the debt is not that bad. Sales are still growing, even though the growth of sales has fallen a little bit. Uh, but they're still going to grow. They still, most recent quarter, they grew 11%. Quarter before that was 38. A year ago, it was 50. You know, sales growth. So, you know, it, 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 it's a good, solid company. Where to buy it? I think in the mid-20s is the good price. $25 or so is not a bad price here. But it looks like it's kind of being stuck uh, in the low 20s to the low 30s and back to low 20s. I mean, it's all this year, this whole year. I mean, the end of last year, it got up to the mid-30s, almost to high 30s a couple of days. So I, I think this is a good price. Um, for the company, I, I would not be opposed to buying it here. It doesn't pay a dividend. It's real small. You want the growth. thing that worries me a little bit, and management owns 70% of the company. That's great, right? But the mutual funds own almost all the other shares. So, you know, it's pretty fully owned. It might be over-owned, we call that, over-owned. So how do you drive up the price? Future funds own most of it, and management owns most of it. I mean, my future, they own most of the company. They want to sell, they're going to drive the stock down, right? That's, that's an issue you have to think about, okay? And again, that's PTSI, PAM Transportation Services, okay? Jobs report came out on Friday, 236,000 new jobs, they expected 240, so it's just a tad under the expectation. February was 326. Okay, 326. And the unemployment rate stayed steady at 3.5%. So I don't think the market initially saw that number, and I don't think they liked it that much this morning. I don't think they, 
they liked it at the opening. But as the day went on, they said, well, that's not too bad. Maybe the Fed is going to raise the rates a quarter point. See, that's the fear. They're going to raise the rates. I think the Fed's going to raise them again. I just think they are. Um, the participation rate has uh, went up also 62.6, the labor participation rate. How much of our labor force of working people are actually working? 62.6. Earnings were up three-tenths of a percent. The annual gain is 4.2% in earnings, but it was 4.6% the month before. That's 4.2% in March, and February is 46 So it's kind of like, you know, they didn't like it. They, meeting the investors initially, but they kind of got over it and didn't make the market strong. But we're all watching the Fed, aren't we? What are they going to do? Are they going to raise rates again? Right? That's what we're all doing. That's what I'm doing. Everybody's doing it. Remember, they raised the rate, what, seven or eight times in a row? They went from zero, basically, to, you know, 5% in a year. Four point something, 4.7, whatever it is. Now it's five. You know, these days they give a range. 4.75 to 5% instead of a number that's, you know, I don't know why they do that, but that's what they've been doing. I, I, I hate to go back to good old days, but they weren't that good old days. But, but when I was younger, the Fed would never tell us what they were thinking or doing. We didn't have minutes released. We didn't have Federal Reserve uh, regional presidents having speeches and talking. It was very hush-hush until all of a sudden. And we had, you know, we didn't always wait till the, the meetings. They would raise rates in between the meetings. It was very different than it is now. Very different. That A is more open, and I kind of like it being more open. We still, though, have interpretations that, you know, we guess what, we meaning investors, guess what they think we're going to do next time. On the next invest, the story behind the question. For retirees, what's a safe withdrawal rate today? With stock and bond prices decline and inflation, what is it today? New retirees have run headlong into what retirement researchers call sequence risk. You ever heard of that? Well, there is a risk. So there, we'll talk about scenarios. That's tomorrow, everybody. I'm Steve Pease, and I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-CHART. Let's say... You've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. 
so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Yes, this is Troy in New Mexico. I'm 70-year-old, retired, have about 25 to 30% in cash and bonds. And considering the current state in the economy, is it worth considering getting out of bonds and going into value stocks, more into value stocks? Thanks for all you do. Bye-bye. Uh, not if you're 70-year-old and retired. I think you need to be more in bonds if you're only 30, 30, 40%. I think you got to flip that around. I think you need to be 60, 70% in bonds and cash equivalents. Uh, remember, you're going to get pretty good return right now in short-term bonds. Short-term treasuries, you can get 4% or so, 45 what I'm getting. Um, and bonds, I'm getting, you know, 45 to 7-ish in that range. And I think that's a pretty good return if you just stick with high-quality stuff. Should you buy value stocks? I am a big believer in value stocks at this point, I think. And I've been saying that for well over a year you know, maybe a year and a half, two years now, that you need to be on the value side of the market. Even though the first quarter this year, some of the growth stocks really made a good comeback. But if you compare it with two over two years, you say, well, they haven't really done that well because they did so poorly last year. So first quarter doesn't mean much to me. I like value stocks right now. I like value stocks paying high dividends. And especially if you're retired, you're looking for income too. You know, not just growth and price of the stock, but income. So now, if you were 30 years old, I might have a different answer. It'd be yeah, you need you know, don't put too much in bonds and cash equivalents because you got lots of years left. But when you're 70 and retired, you don't want to take that much risk with your money. You really shouldn't. I mean, some people can. I mean, if you have if you're multi 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 millionaire and you don't care. You know, you can survive almost anything. Yeah, yeah, maybe they should, you know, take more risk. Okay? When people take time to have, uh, to leave an InvestTalk podcast review on iTunes, we, we do like to thank them for that. And as a courtesy, what we do is if they have a question, we try to get to it quickly. So here is AGF922. That's the address. I'm 41 and live in Texas. My oldest child is 13. I'm planning to reward her grades with money, $20 per A, $10 for B. But that money has to go towards investments. What would you recommend I set up for her? Well, either a 529 program, which is for education, right? That's what that is, 529 program. Or you can also do an UTMA, which is a Uniform Gift to Minors Act account. 
um, I, that would probably be a account that's that's basically her account that you control. Problem with the Atma when she turns eighteen, that really is her money, not yours anymore. Um, I, I do like the five twenty nine idea because that's saving for her college. You know, um, you might. Problem with that is you might give, discourage her because she can't touch it until she goes to college or whatever. And you might want to put a little money aside for her to do buy something she that's fun, you know, because you always want to make investing fun, you know. Um, maybe you can talk talk to her about what you know, what interest she has, and what company would support that interest. You know, maybe she likes going to the movies. Well, maybe she'd want to buy, you know, a maker of movies, MGM, Disney, you know, stuff like that. You know, I always want to get the kids to be interested and keep them interested. And one way to do that is, you know, maybe she uh, uses her, uh, her she has an Apple phone and she likes Apple. Well, then buy Apple stock, you know, stuff like that. I always want to keep the kids involved and interested. That's, that's, that's what I like. Okay, public, uh, the public expects higher inflation. There's, you know, the... Uh, over the next few years. By high inflation, I don't mean what it is today, but, you know, the Federal Federal Reserve's target is 2%, right? I think that's always been unrealistic in my personal opinion. Um, but they expect over the next year to be uh, the public, 4.7%, okay? Uh, f- so that's what they expect over the next year, which is pretty high compared to what we were dealing with for years. Now, long-term, our inflation rate, long-term, I'm talking about 30, 40, 50 years, is like 3.3%. That's the long-term inflation rate over many, many decades here um, in the United States. I think that's more realistic. We can get back to that. I don't think, I don't think 2% is very realistic. The Fed you know, was able to achieve that during the days when, you know, yeah, but I just don't think that's realistic in this in modern modern environment. But the public expects high inflation. Now, why am I bringing that up? Because when the public expects high inflation, they get higher inflation. It's like it's a self fulfilling prophecy, you know. So when they expect high inflation, they agree to pay higher prices because they know oh, it's inflation. I'll have to pay higher prices, and they accept it instead of looking for the bargains. Instead, of, I'm not paying that. I'm not going to buy that. Remember, companies want to sell their products, okay? And so they will lower the price, right? They're going to lower the price until they get customers, and they don't want to lower it too much. But if the customers expect higher prices, they won't lower them because the company, the, the public, doesn't expect it, so they don't do it. It's that kind of thinking, everybody. So we're going to get higher inflation because of expectations. It always happens. It's kind of natural. Oh, well. Let's keep moving. Uh, let's go back to Invest Talk, the Voice Bank. And this question came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. I have a uh, question about ExxonMobil, ticker symbol XOM, looking to buy it. All the fundamentals look good. Not sure about the technicals. It looks like it's very uh, high price compared to historical prices. Let me know what y'all think. Thank y'all. Okay. Uh, the PE uh, range is what you're probably looking at. It's ExxonMobil, XOM. It's $114.54. One of the world's largest uh, oil companies, you know, natural gas and oil worldwide. 
Uh, they're going to make $10.37 this year. They made $14 a share last year. And next year, they're going to make $9.83 a share. So that means the P.E. is now um, 11 and a half, 12. And the range is seven to eight dollars and thirty nine cents. They pay three point seven, three point two percent dividend. Management owns one percent. Uh, mutual funds are net buyers. About two hundred more mutual funds in the last year. Thirty two hundred fifty nine. When last year it was thirty three thousand eighty eight. Uh, and funds own thirty three percent, which is not too high of ownership. And they're still growing sales, just much slower. I mean, it's really not a matter of. Sales growing slower, it means oil prices have come down. Therefore, you know, they're still selling just as much oil or more than they have been. Um, I, I, you know, it has made a really good run. It was $34 a share during COVID, right? That's where it got down to. And here it is, 114. Um, I, I think you could easily get down to about $80, $85 a share. Uh, it doesn't mean it's a bad price now because it's pretty reasonable. So, my, my suggestion would maybe buy half your position at this point and see see if it comes down. And I would buy the other half. Oil is going to be around for decades, everybody. Don't, you know, don't think it's not. It is going to be around for a long time. I just don't know if I would buy it here at this high point because it's right at its old high, or recent old high anyways, that I made in December. It's right at that high. So I might want to wait for a little pullback before I got into it. Well, Justin Klein, I have been telling you for a while now that we are in a new market environment. Cycles are a natural part of almost everything in life. And the stock market also experiences cycles, bull markets, bear markets, and everything in between. So if you're a serious investor, all serious investors understand this is what happens. And that's Okay. You, you want to take advantage of the cycles, everybody. That's your job. To understand them, be familiar with them, and don't react emotionally to them. Look that, look at them right in the eye and say, okay, is this what, I, what should I be doing in this cycle environment now? You have to fit it to the times you're in. Okay? And the day, you know, there's always another cycle coming. It's going to change. And you always got to remember, your retirement day is, a, is out there somewhere, right? It's there. Or you're already in it, maybe. Maybe you, already, you have to deal with it then, too. So, you know, maybe you need help. I, 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 I have no problem people managing their own money as long as they understand what they're doing. They understand the risks they're taking. They're willing to accept it. Or they know that, you know, they understand you know, that if they're retirement or they're young or, you know, they want growth or do they want income, and do they understand how the market works over periods of time? And man, if you retire at 65, which is pretty young, you're going you, to live another 30 years. That money's got to last. So maybe if you need help, that's what we're here for. We, we want to help you. KPP Financial is our firm. Justin and I run that firm. And we have a philosophy of, Independent thinking and shared success. And so how do we implement that? We implement using parallel investing, meaning we buy the same things for ourselves we do for our clients. We, uh, we don't buy people's or companies' suggestions of stocks that we should own. We don't. We do buy information. We buy data. And we massage the data ourselves. We do our own research. 
So I encourage you to take advantage of, uh, of our free offer. We will take a look at your portfolio. We will talk to you and figure out what kind of risk you should be taking, you want to take, and understand the risk you're taking and, and understand what's in your portfolio, the risk it is taking. Try to help you or guide you, and that's all you want. We'll do that. We'll just help and guide you. But we would love the opportunity to take a look at your portfolio, and if you want help, we would love to help you. We really would. KPP Financial is in Irvine, California. That's in Southern California, Orange County, between L.A. and San Diego. Uh, we've been here forever. So, you know, 27 years? Don't know exactly. Um, if you want to talk to us, uh, you can send us a message via investtalk.com. You can send us an email. You can call our KPP financial office at Irvine in Irvine, California. And I think when you speak to us just a few minutes, I think you understand we're, we're not trying to push anything on you. That's not what we do. We're here to help, and we'll help you. And you don't have any obligations of any kind. Truly, you don't. And we won't be bugging you. We don't keep calling you. We don't do that. I don't like it. Justin doesn't like it. Well, that's not our philosophy. The sooner you contact, the better and sooner we can help you. So let us, let us do that. Next up, another listener question here on Invest Talk. So hang on. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need Invest Talk. Invest Talk is a free download, 24-7, rain or shine. The Invest Talk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. I was looking into purchasing some Canadian Pacific Railroad. The symbol is CP. With its recent approval for um, acquiring Kansas City Railroad, I think with its new size and its new areas it'll be going into, it would be a good buy. I'd just like to get your opinion. Thank you. Okay, Canadian Pacific Railroad, CP is a symbol. It's out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Provides rail and intermobile freight transportation services over 13,000-mile network. It's a $70 billion company, so it's very, very large. Okay, um, uh, they're, 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 uh, what I like about them is they've been pretty consistent about growing their income in the last few years. 2022, they made $3.77. Remember, that was the big year coming out of COVID, and they made the same amount of money during the COVID year, $3.77 a share. This year, they're going to make $4.49. Next year, $5.21. It's a $75 stock. So does that mean it's cheap? Not necessarily. Uh, the PE range is 11 to 24, so the low of the range is $55 if they make $5.21. So that'd be the low. It's at 75. So it's not the least expensive stock. Return equity is only 10%, which is okay. Probably for a railroad, it's pretty decent. Uh, cash flow is pretty strong. They don't have a lot of debt, which is good. Management owns 1%. And mutual funds, mutual funds are neither sellers nor buyers. They have about the same amount. Sales recent quarters have increased 21% the most recent quarter, which was the December quarter. The September quarter was up 19%. And that was a pretty, pretty darn good uh, jump from it was in the quarters before that. So maybe, you know, we want to know why. I would like to know why. I would find out. 
So it's neither expensive nor is it cheap. And the price has been stuck in a range between $70 and $80 a share for since June of last year, almost a whole year, you know, 10 months. Um, I don't know what will spark it higher. I, it, and it only pays a six, uh, a eight-tenths of 1% dividend. If it paid a really nice dividend, I'd probably be more interested in it because it's a solid business. But it doesn't. So um, it's not, I, I don't particularly care for it myself. Okay? Let's see if I can... Oh, can I fit in another quick question? Let's try it. Hello, wanted to get your opinion on Sprout Farmer's Market. The ticker symbol is SFM. Thank you. Got it. Okay, that's Sprouts. I like Sprouts. I I like Sprouts because I shop there every week. Sprouts Farmers Market, a three point five billion dollar company, is growing its sales by about six percent. It's growing its uh, earnings by about seven percent next year, four percent this year. It's not going to be exciting stock. It's never going to be high price. It's going to be one of those slow movers. It doesn't pay a lot of dividend. Uh, it's it's not something I would I would own. I would not own it because it's not exciting enough. This is Investalk. I'm Steve Pisa. Give me a call. 888-99-CHART. You're building your financial future, but you must have finance and investment questions. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to provide their unbiased answers. So don't forget to call Investalk. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin, R from Tucson. I'm calling about um, Eastman Chemical Company, E-M-N. I have about a half position in it. It hasn't really gone anywhere. Actually, it's down 10 or 12% right now. But it seems like a good mid-cap, solid, diversified chemical company, exposure to agriculture. And I'm thinking about adding to it. And I'm wondering what you think about the company. And we're a, a good buy-in, maybe buy-in at a further pullback. What do you think the future holds for this company? And I'll uh, listen on the podcast. Thank you. Bye. Well, actually, I think you described it pretty well. Eastman Chemical Company, everybody. It's a $9.7 billion company. So maybe a little larger than mid-cap, but not a big, huge company either. They make money. They've always made money. They're very consistent about making money. They're going to make $8.86 a share next year. This year, $7.81. Last year, $7.88. They just don't have a lot of sales growth. And they are very cyclical, meaning they're attached to the economic cycle. They peaked at about, what, $125, $130 back in December. Today, it's eighty one ninety three. And I think it's a good, solid company paying 3.9% dividend. So I think it's a good company to have in your portfolio. But I don't think you should get too excited about ever being the huge run-up in price stock. So you want to buy it correctly. And I think your thinking is correct about buying it on the dip. I think it can go down to the $70 area. And that's where you'd want to pick up more. Okay, Remember, it's attached to the economic cycle. So how is the economy? Are we going to have a recession? Are we, uh, is that, and that's really the question. So this is EMN, and I do like it. So I wouldn't sell it, and I'd wait for a pullback, and I would add more then. Okay, that's what I would do. And so are we looking at a recession in coming months? Are we? Because there's some experts out there that think we are. Why? Because all the data has been ticking lower. 
ISM manufacturing, job openings, uh, ADP jobs report. Even the GDP has been, you know, been tweaked downward and uh, going forward. Cracks in the labor market, okay? Tightening credit standards and the Fed still raising rates. So those are recipes for a turn down in the economy. Not a turn up, a turn down in the economy. Will it mean a recession? Well, it might get pretty close. Remember, what is a recession? Two quarters in a row of shrinkage GDP, shrinking GDP. And we had that technically last year. Okay. Will we have it this year again? Most people think later in the year it will happen. And if you remember right, if you listen to the show, I've been telling you that I think later in the year the market's going to look better. I think it's going to do better. And I'm also telling you that it's very possible that we'll have a recession. And you're going to say, isn't that kind of, you know, counterintuitive? No. Because both the economic cycle and the stock market cycle, even though they're attached, they don't move in conjunction. They don't go up and down with each other. The economic cycle moves much slower than the stock market cycle. In other words, the stock market cycle will move up before you see any economic data come and move up. So we'll be in a recession, and the market will start to move up. Why is that? Because, again, look at interest rates. The Federal Reserve, if we're in a recession, most likely will ease up on interest rates, lowering it. And that's always a positive thing for the economy going forward. So they will ease up on interest rates. The stock market looks forward. Justin and I keep telling you, look forward. Don't look today. Look three, six, nine months, maybe a year in advance what's going to happen. What do you think is going to happen? And, of course, that means you're guessing, right? But, but the more knowledge you have, the better your guess will be because you have a background of what is historically normal, what generally happens. You, don't, you won't always be accurate. You won't. Just like when you buy a stock, you won't always pick a stock at the bottom. You won't. Doesn't happen. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family member about us. We really would appreciate it. It's all free. Free podcast downloads. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and or Spotify. And please be sure to review and rate us if you do download it on iTunes. And we have surpassed 51 million downloads now. And remember to follow Invest Talk on social media. Follow us. We really appreciate that. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. 
Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. Thank you.